Amen. Hey, thank you for praying on the spot. <laughs> so that's the lesson. Just whatever Ariel said. Um, uh, uh, one other thing I want to uh, bring up to you. I don't know if, um, uh, I think most of you know Maddie Stewart. She's a sophomore. Her stepdad uh, passed away on Saturday. Um, and I think it was, I'm, I'm not positive, but I think it might have been some complications from COVID. But just if you lift her up in prayer, if you see her, if you want to reach out to her, uh, she definitely would. Um, appreciate that and so just um, yeah just be aware um, of that all right so um, we're going to look at uh, Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah's prayer here and uh, we're going to answer uh, some questions and this was um, and this was uh, just some information that I think uh, will be helpful for us as we just kind of um, anchor uh, our prayer lives if we if we want to kind of improve those in the new year I think this is a a really helpful outline for us to think through that and also want um, we're just going to spend a, a few minutes and we'll get out um, we'll get out early that uh, that I want to practice a few of these things that we talk about so here's the questions that we want to answer as we're looking through um, chapter one of, of Nehemiah particularly um, uh, particularly uh, verses four through the following is we're going to answer uh, why when and how So let's pick up um, in uh, Nehemiah, this is, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. And it's the words of Nehemiah, the son of uh, Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 20th year, while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came and asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity uh, and about Jerusalem. So, um, so the Jewish people, when they had come into the uh, promised land, uh, had been living uh, well, but began to be um, consistently disobedient with the Lord. And when he gave them uh, his covenant and when he was um, uh, sent prophets to warn them about their disobedience, about their consistent, uh, consistently not follow him, and he judged them. And so he used several nations to come and displace them to wage war and to remove them out of their land. And so they were in captivity um, and uh, the books of um, Ezra and Nehemiah are uh, uh, the lessons we learn from kind of the remnant of those folks. So, um, so in the book uh, just prior, Ezra, uh, he is a prophet there, and it talks about the remnant that had stayed. So if you were um, kind of unfamiliar with that time, if, some, if, a, if a nation was coming through conquering lands, what they would do uh, let's say if they came to Jerusalem, as they would come, uh, they would win the war, and then they would start uh, displacing their people. And so they'd essentially go through and choose whoever they want to and say, hey, you're coming back with us, like to, the, uh, to, our, um, to our main, uh, main kingdom. You know, you're going to live in the city, you're going to work for the king, and then uh, they enslaved some other people, and then kind of the dregs of who was left, they just left them there kind of in their squalor. Like this is what happened uh, anytime this is, not, uh, this is not specific to Israel, but that's just what one nation conquering another would do. There's kind of this three-wave thing. And so I say that because we need to kind of know what uh, Nehemiah is dealing with as we deal with this prayer, right? We need to know what the situation is. 
So the book of Ezra is, talk, uh, is Ezra is in there kind of dealing with those people and trying to, uh, trying to help them um, reestablish right, life. Now, we come to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of these um, displaced people. He may not even have ever seen Jerusalem. He may have been born in captivity. All we know is that he is, um, he is the cupbearer for the king, and we get this story. He sets it like at the year of the king that he serves, and, um, and he says this, that a brother and some people came to visit him, and he asked them, what's the condition of Jerusalem? And they say... Um, and they say what they said in verses uh, 2 and then 3 that I didn't read. And they said to me, The remnant here in the province who survived the captivity are in great dis- distress and reproach, and the walls of Jerusalem are broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. And so he has no idea. This is the first people that he can ask about the conditions back home. And he says, Hey, they're, they're bad. There's people there, but like the, the city is in disarray. There's, they have no protection, there's no gates. They're just kind of at everyone's mercy. And so we see here in verse 4, right, that his response to hearing that news. Verse 4, and when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned. And I was fasting and praying before the Lord of heaven. And then he, and we get to hear his prayer. Um, when you're thinking about your own prayer life or when you hear um, other people pray, I don't know if, if you're like me that, uh, for most of my Christian life, I didn't really think about like what was happening. I just like I would mimic the words, right, that people said, right? And I just, okay, that's how they start. That's how they end. Make sure my eyes are closed, but I can look up and see if other people's eyes are closed, right, if I'm, if I'm praying. And then I would just ask God for stuff. There really wasn't any kind of understanding as far as like what, you know, what am I doing? And so all my prayer learning was just listening to the prayers. And I was, again, assuming that they knew what they were doing, <laughs> but maybe not. And so I think uh, if you're like me, you probably haven't looked at too many prayers and examined them in the scripture to see like, okay, so, so when I pray, like, am I doing it appropriately or at least more biblically? Uh, and so when I've looked at this passage in the past, the first time I saw it, it's like, I don't know as much about prayer as I thought I did. So let's see. Um, so our first one, we want to say, well, when should we pray? There's lots of things to pray about, but when should we pray? And so we learn from Nehemiah, this first thing is that we should pray before we do anything else. Are there things in your life on a weekly basis that uh, are stressing you out? Yes. Are there things in your life uh, that you don't know uh, what to do about, right, on a weekly basis, right? Are there things that don't go uh, how you want them to? Uh, Are there things that you're not sure how to react? Right? All of us affirm this, and yet a lot of times what we do is we simply sit there and just worry about it. Right? So we want to learn from Nehemiah as we see him, as he sits and hears this news, and he mourns and weeps, and he fasts and prays, and, and we get to hear his prayer. I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now, night and day, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants. As we look at um, verses 5 and 6, right, what is he doing before he kind of asks for anything? 
What, what do you think the, the, the purpose of this serves when we think about as I'm going to the Father who I think can do all things, there's this element of faith involved in, in the act, right? That I don't ask for things that I don't think I'm going to get. How many of you, if your dad doesn't think you'll, uh, if you go to your dad uh, and you don't think he'll give, him, uh, give you a hundred bucks, will actually even ask him? Right? Like we don't ask people for things that we won't, well, we assume we won't get. And so a huge part of prayer, right, is, is believing, right, assuming that he will do what you ask. And that is kind of the first step, right, of us thinking, hey, am I going to come to him? Can he do something about this? Right? So then we come to uh, what Nehemiah uh, says at first. So think about this. So look at it amongst, like, just pair up. Think about it. What, what is the reason that you think that he addresses the Father like this before he asks anything? What's the purpose of that in his heart? So go ahead. So talk about that amongst yourselves. All right. What you got? All right, Matthew, what you got? Yeah. How helpful is that for me that I remind myself, right, of who he is? And I'm and telling him, uh, do you like to be reminded of things that you've done? Like it helps, it helps you if I, if, if I were to come up to Matthew and just bestow his many virtues, like isn't that so helpful, right, for him? He's like, you know what, Rob really gets me. <laughs> what else? What else do we learn? Uh, what else do we learn there about how he addresses the Father? Issa, what do you think? What does that do in our heart, just reminding ourselves again and thanking him for the things that he does? How does that help us? Yeah, right? Do we need reminding? Yeah, we're pretty forgetful. <laughs> uh, every day, probably every hour, I need kind of a, uh, if I can set kind of a reminder. Oh, God is faithful. Thank you. I needed, I needed that. Anybody else want to add anything else that we see there? Yeah, Walter. Me and you were talking, and I was talking to my, my dad gave me an acronym to pray. Yeah, yeah. And it was called Acts and yeah. Days yep. Adore yeah, absolutely. That's a, great, um, that's a great acronym to remember. Right, beseech you, the great and awesome God who preserves covenant and loving kindness to those who love him and keep his commandment. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear your prayer. Let your servant praise night and day. I love that he is not assuming, but he's going, right? He comes humbly, not expecting, right, but hoping, right, that he will answer his servant's prayer. So it follows, uh, then he finishes this off in verse 6, um, where the, the end of verse 6, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I and my father's house have sinned. And so we'll go into that in just a second. 
So the first thing, as we're talking about the win, we want to do that before anything else. I would say the, th the single biggest struggle in my life is not the prayers that I do pray, it's the prayers that I don't pray. That I need to spend more time depending on the Father, and prayer is the way that we do that. Right? That I'm addressing, uh, that I'm, I'm saying that I have this need, and I'm going to the person right, who can do something about it. And so the win is we do that before anything else. And I really challenge you, and you're just like, well, before this and before, like, yeah, really, really anything, where any place that you can start where you think that God can have an impact, pray about that. Go to him seeking his face. And so we don't have to worry about, oh, I pray about this or pray about that. We're not talking about every little thing. You know, do I take, do I, which foot do I step with first? Okay, he said left. Okay, good. All right, how about this? That's going to take a while. I think, I think you can walk by yourself without praying. And so, but we, you know what I mean, right? The things, that, um, the things that matter, the things that you need guidance on, do before you do anything else. But the first how we see here is I want to base my request upon God's character. And we base it on God's character, it helps us ask him for things that he wants to answer, right? We want to, that as we know what he wants, it's so much easier for us to understand like how to ask him for things because the things that he wants to give, he is quick to answer those. So the second how is confessing our sin. He does not live there, but he understands that the reason why they're in captivity in the situation they're in is that they have sinned and they have gone astray from honoring God as their God. And so he goes presupposing that. Anybody else understand that they're sinful as I do? <laughs> Isn't it helpful to go before him and agree with him in that, right? Before I ask him for things. Because when I don't do that, right, I have this really high opinion of myself for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> right, that I need to go confessing that he knows how, how I fall short, yet he still loves me. But, yet, but it is really important for us to come, right, agreeing with him and confessing not only our own sin, but the sins of those around us. Right, and he, and he puts himself in the, in the space of those same people. Confessing the sins of the sons of Israel which you have sinned against you, I and my father's house have sinned. He is not separate from that sin, right? He, he says, I have sinned also. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the ordinances which you command your servant Moses. Right? He comes in truth. We confess our sin. So then what becomes our posture, right, as we do both of those things? As I come to him, right, I remind him myself, right, and I'm reminded of his character. And then I humble myself by confessing my sin that I want to be made right before him. I want you to think about praying is what would you do if God was physically there? Like you're entering into the throne room. Like this is kind of the picture that we want to see, that we want to, uh, that we want to uh, praise him you know, for who he is. And then we want to come humbly confessing our sin before right, we, we come requesting. 
Why do you think we are slow to do that? No, go ahead. Yeah. How many are be quick to be humble? <laughs> Somebody else, why do we have a problem with that? Coming, seeking his character, confessing our sin. Burr, what you think? Yeah. And I think that's where the adoration comes because when so often you see pictures of, let's say, someone's not fit to appear before the king. You've seen some movie and some guy's dragged out of prison, right? Or he's come off the battlefield and just all muddy and tattered and, and no one lets them kind of see the king like that, do they? And so this really is the condition of our hearts. I don't want to come before him sinful, right? I don't, I want to present myself uh, to him kind of, uh, asking for mercy. And so that helps me as I come. It's like I don't come just willy-nilly, right? So we base our quest upon God's character and we confess our sin. Verse 8, remember the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though those you have been scattered were in the remotest parts of the earth, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place I have chosen. See, after he comes and extols his virtues as he confesses his sin, he reminds him of what he said, right? How does that help us? Because as I'm praying and as I'm reminded of what God's promises are, what does that do to me? as it relates to my faith and my trust in Him. <coughs> Alex. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, that he's, he's saying the truth came, that like, yes, they have far from you, but he says, but if we return, right, then you'll bring us back. The third thing in the how, we need to claim the promises of God. And so you may have heard this, um, is just praying Scripture, right? As we're finding Scripture and we're just saying that back to Him. Here's what you say, Father, let it be so. Father, here's what you say, Father, help me, give me strength to be obedient to this thing. All right, and then lastly, uh, verse 10, They are your servants and your people whom you redeem by your great power. O Lord, I beseech you, may your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, the prayer of your servants who delight to revere your name, and make your servant successful today and grant him compassion before this man. We want to be specific about what we're asking. Remember the situation. Nehemiah is just kind of a cabinet member of the king. Right, and he hears that his homeland, which he probably has never been to, is in disrepair, and he doesn't know what to do. How many of you have had situations over the last six months, there's just a lot of confluence of events, and you're like, don't know what to do about it? Like, I really, I have no idea even where to start. Anybody have anything, right? 
And so Nehemiah is not, um, is not any more specific than um, I'm going to pray and fast and seek God's face. I'm going to use these principles. And then really I'm just asking for favor because I'm going to go ask the king who doesn't have to do anything that he would show favor on me and help me because I don't know who else to turn to. Right? We want to be specific, not help me, but what, Father, do you want me to do? When we're specific, how much better is that for us when the outcome happens for us to understand that God is moving and it's not by happenstance? Right? That happens when we're specific, right? Are some of you afraid sometimes, I know I am, to be specific? <laughs> because we'll know whether or not he answered that prayer. I have found myself doing that before, getting a little nervous. Be specific. So questions or thoughts about, uh, about the hows there as we see Nehemiah laying out, asking him again for, give him success and compassion before the king. So here's what I'd like you to do. So take, uh, take five minutes by yourself. I want you to think about something that you don't know what to do about. Okay? It could be as simple as, okay, my roommate just will not put the toilet paper okay, back on. There's all these little things that they won't do, and I'm just getting irritated. I don't know what to do. Right? That's a thing that you need to like, deal with. Right, but there's also lots, a lot bigger things that you're not sure of the direction or what to do in general about X or Y. And so I want you to just take five minutes and I want you to do this. Right, well, I want you to beseech him reminding yourself and telling him who he is. Okay, I want you to confess the sin that you have in your life and that you recognize before him. You want to claim his promises about what he'll do uh, when we ask him, and I want you to be specific and, and, and pray a very specific prayer asking him for something. And then if you have a notebook, I want you to write that prayer down. Because I want you, so, so often I'm praying, I'm thinking about, I prayed a lot this week, but like, man, what, what did I pray for? Because I want to remember like what he's done. He answers prayers all the time. And so take five minutes to, to do that, and then we'll, we'll close up here. Holy and awesome God, King of the universe. You are so faithful to your people when we are so faithless. Lord, while we were enemies of yours, you reconciled us to yourself through your Son. Father, you give blessings upon blessings. Father, I have seen you heal. I have seen you comfort. I have seen you strengthen. I have seen you do miracles. Father, I've seen people, you bring people to yourself. Father, I've seen you grow people in the knowledge of you. I've seen you, I've seen you prepare people for mighty things in your name. Father, I confess um, that I have been doing a poor job of praying for those that you have laid on my heart consistently. Lord, I, I, I want to, and I mean to, 
but I have not been taking the time uh, that I know that I need to, Father, and I would ask your forgiveness. Lord, you say that uh, for us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make our requests known uh, to you. Father, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, you being righteous, Father, know what we need. As so, Father, I claim that promise and I ask that you would remind me and give me the strength to be obedient, Father, that you would not make excuses that when you prompt me to pray, Father, that I would stop what I'm doing and that I would uh, intercede for those that you have laid on my heart. Father, that I would spend more time coming to you and asking the person that can do far more, measurably more than I can do for them. As a Father, tomorrow, Lord, would you allow me to carve out more space in my daily life, Lord, to lift those that are in need before you. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So is that helpful for you? Right, to be given some time, just a little bit of time to think about that. So here's how, um, here's uh, just kind of what, what I want to end on. I want to answer this why for us, right? We, we, prayer is a good thing, but why should we pray? I think here's uh, three really good things. When I pray, I demonstrate my dependence on God. Does anyone need to depend on God more in here in the daily life? Yep. Man, this is the best way. Anytime I'm praying, think about all the things you could be doing at any second of the day. Like, if you're like me, I'm a master at filling up my day with stuff, right? Anybody think they're better than me? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Confidence. But when I pray, I am taking a back seat to my stuff and I'm saying, Father, this is more important. And then I'm saying that you can do something about this that I can't. So when I pray, I demonstrate my dependence on God. The second why is that it lightens my load. Anybody got a, uh, got a little heavier load than you would like? <laughs> we, got some, we got some additional hands. I like to picture uh, uh, myself as a little cute donkey, okay? And they see like a little donkey kind of, Packages all over them, just kind of traversing, you know, some canyon somewhere. It's very exotic. I put myself in that situation. <clears throat> and, um, and God's looking at me as I'm carrying those packages. I'm kind of so proud, like I'm kind of martyring, like, you know, I'm, I can do this, but man, this is kind of heavy. <laughs> He's like, you know, Rob, you, um, you don't have to carry those, right? <laughs> Like that's what kind of live independent on me is, is like that stuff that you're carrying, like that I'm supposed to do that stuff. And so when I pray, the things that I'm concerned about, I'm saying, Father, the, uh, because a lot of times we talked about this before, that the worry, we think that's the work. Like that's the thing that I can be doing because I don't know what else to do. Anybody do that? Okay, I don't know what else to do. I feel like worrying. Okay, so let's do that. <laughs> I'm just putting in the hours at, 
at work worrying, right? But what prayer does is it lightens that load. It recognizes that, hey, as this little donkey, um, I, I can't carry that and you don't want me to. Will you do what you want to do? Will I let you do what you want to do is carry those burdens and give those things to you and let you work where I can't? So it lightens my load. All right, and thirdly, it releases God's power. Why do you think, this is uh, really curious, why do you think that God asks us to pray to him? There's a different way. He could do this differently. But it would really affect our relationship with him. Uh, anybody have like a parent or grandparent that just kind of randomly gives you whatever you want? Is that really good for y'all's relationship? <laughs> Why not? Got a couple head shakes. Why is that not good for your relationship? Mm-hmm. You almost come to re resent it a little bit. It's not like what you're, because you're going to give me something. It's like, well, that's it. <laughs> Somebody else. Huh? Definitely. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, Alex? Absolutely. <clears throat> Why do you think? Why do you think that he has this system? You don't have to be right. I'm just so curious what you think. Have you ever thought about that? Why he wants you to ask him? He gives us tons of stuff that we don't ask for. He really wants us to ask. Yeah, Ariel. Absolutely. Yeah. He likes you. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> Somebody kind of, I know you got a, I got a theory here. I think, I think all those answers are really good, but particularly that last one. Um, as my I've, you know, little kids and as they're growing up, I'm missing them being dependent on me. Renee, not so much because they you know, make her do everything for them. But just my littlest one, you know, when she comes and like, Dad, can you do this for me? Like she's, it's tender. She's asking me, she's, she's saying, hey, this is relationship. I recognize that you're this in me. I recognize I can't do it, and will you help me? I love doing stuff for her when she does that. I get to be her dad, right? God gets to be our God. He loves giving you what you need. I've used this... Uh, 
I've used this before. My, my dad's a huge Georgia Bulldog fan, and I go to uh, football games with him when I was little. And you know, it, uh, dad might be a little stingy in the store if you're like asking for something, right? <laughs> Maybe mine will. He's never buying me anything. But man, when we go to the Georgia game, we go into the bookstore, and like I want a hat, right? Like, like I want to wear a hat of his favorite team. He can't get his money out fast enough. You understand? You want a shirt too? You want a pennant? Football? You know? Like what else can I buy you? Right? Because that is what he's about. <clears throat> and so I think as we're thinking about why he wants us to pray is he wants to see like, because it's, it's one thing, my, my daughter can ask me for anything, but she, if he asks me for something that I want her to do, like, Daddy, how can I help you? <laughs> right, that I get excited because that's what I'm about. And she's asking me, Father, how can I help you? Or, hey, will you do this thing that you already want to do? Yes. <laughs> yes, I will. And so then we get to see God act. It's so cool in a weird way to like my dad get excited about something, right? And him buying me that hat, right? You get to see your father like joyfully do something. And so when we pray and we, and we pray and we ask him for things that our father gets to show his power in our lives and the lives of those around us. And then you get to see, see what God did. And so I think as, as we continue to be prayerless, as we continue to be faithless, as I continue to not do what he prompts me to do, I am shortchanging him and myself. And so use this general reminder as we look at just like some real basic ways of learning how to pray that don't, uh, we only get better at praying by praying. And so my, my encouragement to you is uh, just, to, just to start trying. And just certain things that, man, I would never pray that before, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him about that because there's nothing I can do, and I want to demonstrate my dependence on him. I want to lighten my load, and I want to release God's power. All right. So any, any questions or thoughts um, as we close? Is that helpful? It's a good reminder for me. So.